0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to this special edition of the Unit Report. I'm your host, Troy, with my co-host, Lucas, and I am the host. Um, this is a special edition. This is purely going to be NHL trade analysis.
1: So this might
0: be a short one, but we have a lot of the big deals, so we're going to be discussing those.
1: There's a, a lot, a lot that happened yesterday, a lot to talk about, so we uh, just get right into it. Um first deal happened basically like at midnight day of deadline. Uh Oilers were acquired they acquired Mike Green from the Detroit Red Wings. Uh fifty percent of his salary is retained by Detroit and Detroit also gets back a fourth round pick and Kyle Brodziak. Troy, what are you thinking? Um
0: I'm going Oilers on this one. I I think the the fifty percent
1: uh salary
0: being retained is kind of what does this one in for me just because I know Edmonton's one of those teams with a lot of good players and a lot of them are going to be, they need paid at some point. So I feel like definitely keeping that because other than that, if they didn't keep it, I'd be more on a 50, 50, but I think the 50% salary, but the fourth round draft pick for red wing for the red wings. I think that's kind of what they're going for. I think they want the picks and they want the younger guys that have potential.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, the, 50, the 50% The fifty retained thing was probably just to make it fit this year. He's a, a UFA at the end of the season. I'm assuming he's not going to stay. Uh, depends on how well he does down the road, down the uh, playoff run for these guys. But uh, the GM of Detroit is Steve Iserman. And he was able to get those late round gems when he was with Tampa. There's Andre Palats, Nikita Kucherov, those kind of guys. So a fourth-round pick could be big for Detroit. And historically, that franchise has been good with a late-round pick. So they got Pavel Datsuk, Hendrik, Henrik Zetterberg with the late-round picks. So it may not mean a lot to most teams, but I think to this Red Wings team, a fourth-round pick means a lot. For a guy that they weren't going to get back, they probably had no interest in uh, retaining Mike Green for next season. And Kyle Brodziak, that's just a roster spot. I don't think he's played all season for uh, Edmonton. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I say Edmonton wins, but it's still a good deal for Detroit. Edmonton wins for me solely because they're going for it and they need some help on the back end. They got some injuries. I think Oscar clefbaum has been out for a while, or, for, or at least for a bit. So um, right now it helps Edmonton, but it's close. Detroit, it definitely helps them too, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I just had the salary because if if uh, Edmonton wanted to go for someone else, at the deadline, they could yeah, no. Definitely, so I feel like that. I feel like that's definitely what did it in. But yeah, if they just signed him and they that kind of filled them that uh, topped off the cap, then <clears throat> I, I'd go Red Wings, but I'm going Oilers.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. We both say Oilers for that one. Uh, the next one, we're not going in chronological order. Our table's kind of all over the place, and there's one deal in here that isn't even a deadline deal. It's just a deal we haven't talked about yet. But this next one is uh, actually happened as the clock was ticking down on deadline time, is uh, between Carolina and the New Yorker Rangers. Brady Shea, the, uh, defenseman for the Rangers, is headed to Carolina for a first-round pick. Uh, Troy, what are your thoughts?
0: I think the – yeah, I feel like Carolina wins this one. Okay. I just don't think either of the teams are really in need of the first-round pick. I mean, I don't know. They're, they're, Carolina is, is pretty decent, but New York's not super far behind the wheel. They're not all the way at the bottom of the league, but I don't know. I just feel like a first is kind of a lot to give up.
1: That's fair. I was looking on Cap Friendly, and I think Bradley uh, – Uh, when I say Bradley, I think Shea has uh five years left, though, so they have him for – they're not just getting him as a rental. They have a long time that they can hold on to him. And um, But I, I agree with though, what you're saying. The first is a lot for a guy who hasn't proven a ton in this league. He's he's pretty good defensively, but um, I, I, see, I put down New York, but I'm kind of talking myself into Carolina just because of how good his uh, contract is and how long they have him retained. I think I'm going to change mine. I think Carolina won that trade.
0: Alright, I mean I guess. I just I just feel like the first round's a bit I don't know.
1: But if you if you're if you're looking around the league and like uh, and you see what a first is like getting you nowadays, especially with this Nyak steal we're gonna talk about, the Andre Kosh deal, um a first is uh you got you gotta pay a lot to get a lot of sk- to get skill in this league and uh yep. like comparatively I don't think that's that bad of a deal for Carolina. They got a good defenseman for a first-round pick, and if all goes according to plan, I think their first is going to be a later first because, as we'll talk about later, they, they stacked up this deadline day. Um, ready to go into the next one? Sure. So, yeah, you said New York for that deal. I said Carolina. Originally said New York. Um. This one is, uh, happened a few days before the deadline day, but we just haven't talked about it yet, it was the Bruins and Ducks deal, where Andre Kasha has been a uh, winger for the Ducks for a long time, has been acquired by the Boston Bruins for their first round picks. their first round pick this season. Defensive prospect Axel Anderson and David Backus, they were able to offload the terrible David Backus deal for the rest of this season and next. Uh, who do you think won this one?
0: Yeah, I'm going with the Bruins on this. I think they're going all out this season, and they're going to make the push for the cup. And I I think this is a pretty good addition for him. I think, yeah, he has 23 points this season. So, you know, I think he'll contribute pretty good. Okay. He's a good contribution. They don't pick. I feel like picks for this team, just because they're so good, doesn't really matter.
1: Yeah, I mean they could very easily do what they did last year and take it back to the uh, Cup Finals. They they have a, they're a very talented team and they're like the favorite to win the President's Trophy right now. But I say Ducks, and it, I'm not saying it's not good for the Bruins. I think they did pay a lot if you're looking at it just for uh, just for Kasha, but they're also able to offload the backest of deal, and, and they had to give up a first-round pick, and one of their better defensive prospects, Anderson, to get that done. But uh, the Ducks were able to capitalize on a forward who's been injured a lot of the season. He hasn't produced um, maybe for what like the amount that they got for him, that they were able to get a first and a good defensive prospect for him. But they also had the cap room to take on David Bagus, and they are able to get a little more for Kasha because of that than they probably thought they were going to. And uh, they're rebuilding. So a good defensive prospect, which they desperately need. They used to have a lot of defensive prospects. They sold them all off. Marcus Patterson, Shea Theodore, Brandon Montour, uh, Sammy Vatinen, who also got traded, we're going to talk about. All those guys got sold out of the Ducks organization. So they're rebuilding the defense. Got a nice another first-round pick. They're probably going to be picking top five, top ten this year in the draft. So having another later round pick, I mean a later pick in the round. I say Ducks win this one, but you say Bruins. It's not terrible either way.
0: Yeah, I think this is a closer one. I just think the unloading of the Backus contract is kind of what helps them.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: Because the Bruins have talent now, so the first-round pick isn't really going to affect them for a few years down the road.
1: Yeah, they're going for it.
0: Yeah, I think it's a smarter decision for you to go for it now, whenever you have a team that can compete for the Cup, than it would be to just wait.
1: Yeah. And if you look at their window, um, Chara, his future is always year to year. You never know if he's coming back or not, just yeah. You know, I, think of how old he is.
0: I think they're yeah, I think they're close.
1: And also, uh, at the end of this season, Tori Krug's a free agent and he's gonna want a lot of money. So offload if they're able to resign him that offloading that back deal helped will will have helped them get that deal done. Uh, or maybe they'll just want to go out and because Alex Petriangelo of St. Louis is a free agent, there's a lot of uh, options for them if they can't resend Tory Krug. Either way, getting rid of that back, history will freeze up money.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: So all I right. think that that's all for that one. Next one is uh, Next
0: one Vegas Golden Knights and Chicago Blackhawks. Blackhawks acquire Malcolm Subin and a second round pick from Vegas in return for Robin Leonard.
1: Yeah, I say, I say Chicago won that one, but that not because of the value. I think Robin Leonard last year played amazing. He was a Vesna candidate, just uh, outstanding. But I'm not really sure what Vegas is doing here because they have Flurry, who admittedly hasn't had a great season this year comparatively. He's not doing terrible. He's not as bad as some starting goalies out there. I don't know really. I don't know if they're going to have them kind of split the starts kind of like what dallas is doing with uh bishop and godobin or boston with halak and rask it's it doesn't make a lot of sense to me but if you think about it the uh chicago is able to get leonard for a one-year deal in the offseason so being able to just sign him get a, a good amount of games out of him and then get a a uh, Decent young goalie in Malcolm Subban, who still has a future, I think he still has potential to grow, and a second-round pick out of it. That sells me uh for Chicago. I think they won this one.
0: Yeah, if it was just goalie for goalie, I would have said that Vegas wins it. But I feel like they're so close because I don't think either of them are getting that starting spot. So I feel like the with Chicago picking up that second-round pick, I'm going with Chicago on this one.
1: Yeah, it's definitely an upgrade for Vegas because I know Subban hasn't been getting it done for them in their backup role. But I say he's still young, and Chicago is going to be a youngish team now because they're kind of doing their rebuild. So it makes sense. But I don't really know. Just because I don't understand why Vegas is doing it, I'll get, I give it to Chicago. That's my my rationale. Um, next one. You want to go into it?
0: Um. Yeah. So Carolina acquired Sammy Vetnin from. New Jersey and New Jersey acquired Frederick Clayson and what is it, Jonna – I can't pronounce this.
1: Uh, Kukinin. Kuk Kukunin? Yeah, Quo- and a Kukunin, fourth round pick, something like that. Yeah, Kukinin or whatever you pronounce. It's a prospect. He's a good forward prospect. Um, but I I said Carolina. I mean, they he is a good prospect, and he's probably the only thing worth in that deal is uh, Kukinin. But uh, Carolina's going for it. I think they did great all around this deadline. And uh, I just give it to Carolina because they decided to go for it in, in this crazy metro division. And more power to them. I say Carolina.
0: Yeah, I'm good in New Jersey. I think in the long run, where New Jersey is sitting right now in the division and in the league, I think this is definitely going to help them long-term getting two good prospects and the draft pick. I think long run, this is what New Jersey's hoping for. But short short term, I think Carolina wins. But I think this kind of this is a good trade for what New Jersey needs in the future.
1: Okay. So you say New Jersey? Uh, I say I Carolina. think
0: Carolina like immediate, but New Jersey it's going to be in the longer run.
1: Okay. I think that's good for that deal. That wasn't terribly big deal, but nonetheless, uh, this was a deal that happened, I think, a few days ago. But I still don't believe we've talked about it. The Dylan DeMello uh, from Ottawa going to Winnipeg for a third-round pick. We both say Jets. Uh, but um, not a bad deal for Ottawa either, getting, being able to get a, a third-rounder for that guy. Uh, he's had a pretty good defensive year. He is, uh, if you look at his advanced stats uh, defensively, he's done pretty well. Uh, so the Jets being able to get him for just a third, a guy of his caliber, who and they need defensemen badly. Yeah. I give it to Winnipeg.
0: Yeah, I think they need it. With the whole Bufflin thing out, I think they need a defensive defenseman.
1: Yeah, it, yeah. It, but uh, but it, all, on the other side of that, Ottawa gets what they want. They want picks. They got to pick. So. True,
0: yeah. I feel like this is fairly even. I mean, if if you look this whole trade deadline, Ottawa's only been acquiring picks.
1: Just like this next deal, yep. which is Vlad Mesnikov who they got in the off-season or at the beginning of the season from uh, New York. Uh, they tra- they flip him to Colorado, Ottawa does, for a fourth-round pick. I say Colorado, you say Colorado. Uh, I say Colorado just because they get another uh, adept, young, speedy forward. Which is what they need. They that's those are the kind of like uh, bottom six guys that they need. That you can throw them on the power play if you need to. He's shooting flashes of a uh, really good, nice, really good skill. I say uh, he helps him on this yeah. run here. Why not?
0: Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I think Colorado wins this deal. He has. Where's it? At? There it is. He has 25 points this season. I feel like that's a bit. I feel like only getting a fourth-round pick is a little bit much to give up. But, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think he'll fit pretty good in the bottom, the uh, like a third- or fourth-line guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's what he's going to be doing, probably, like third- fourth-line duty. But if someone goes down in the top six, I think he's the kind of guy that you can throw in there and won't really uh, skip a beat. And because of that, I say Colorado. I think they got a they filled a need that they needed to. This next one was a fairly big one. Uh, Vincent Trocek, who going into trade deadline day wasn't wasn't really sold that he was going to get traded. He's not an expiring UFA. He still has another year left. But Florida decides to sell him off to Carolina. Another, another Carolina deal for Eric Howla, Lucas Walmark, Chase Prisky, and Itu. Lusterin, Lusterin I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, those Finnish names are always hard. But I say Carolina won the trade. Uh, you say Florida. Why do you say Florida?
0: I, I just think Florida in the long run, because I think they know that they're not a playoff team, and I think getting four additions that are they're not terrible, but they're not like great either. I feel like getting four is definitely going to be way better than keeping Trocheck long term for them, because I think they realize they're not a uh, they're not a playoff team at this point. But for the Hurricanes, I I think they've pretty much shown that they're going all out for this season. So I based most of my deals off of, like, long-term. And I think this is definitely a better deal for the Panthers.
1: Okay. Um, Personally, I said Carolina because um, I think Panthers did get a pretty good, uh, fair amount of value I've heard that Prisky and Lou uh they're, they have good potential. I think that they are good, probably going to be NHL guys down the line. Howell is a guy that's been flipping around from team to team, from Minnesota to Vegas to Carolina, now down to Florida. He, he's a good offensive producer. I don't know why he's not able to stick with one team. And Walmart has uh, proved to be a pretty good young center in Carolina. But this is the kind of deal that Carolina needed to make. Trocheck is a great two-way forward. He's really underrated uh, in this league. Just on a on a team of players that has been underrated historically, Jonathan Huberdeau and Alex uh, Barkov. I think that they get uh, two years of control for this two-way guy, Vincent Trocheck. Um, and like I said before, for the other Carolina deals, they're just going for it, and it's that it, it's you know it's like light, it's lighting up the fan base. Uh, they've already had everything else going for them with the whole emergency backup and everything there. Everything in hockey in Carolina is just lighting up and they're proving it to the fans that they're going all in and they're willing to spend to try to win here. So I don't, I mean, I think it's fair value. I think that Florida got a good amount of value for trade check, but just given the circumstances, I say Carolina. And also I don't think Florida is totally out of it. I'm not sure why they're giving up on it because right now, they're uh, with a game in hand are two points behind Toronto for that third spot in the Atlantic. So that can go to that can flip flop between either of those two teams. And especially with how poorly Toronto has been playing recently, they've been god awful, especially against Carolina
0: for Florida's been Florida's three and seven in the last 10
1: yeah but if they they have the most voodoo goaltender in the world in Sergei Bobrovsky he's had an awful season this year but that's the kind of guy with, with even last year we saw it with Columbus against Tampa where he can win you a series he could literally just come in and he could be awful during the season but you get him in a series and he could be voodoo and win you the series so I don't see why Florida is selling off I think that They'd have a better chance in the playoffs than Toronto. I think I, watching them play, they're a lot more disciplined, uh, especially defensively, than Toronto is, even though uh, Sergey Bobrovsky's been god-awful. I think Florida shouldn't be selling, but they did. So given the circumstances, I say Carolina won the check deal.
0: I, I think Florida's just one of those middle ground teams, and I think this in the long term is what's going to eventually help them push forward. Because they've been they've been a bottom team in the league for a very long time.
1: Yeah, but they're I, this this year they're supposed to be on the up and uh, they're still in it. It's not like they're yeah, but I, I don't Ottawa are up of what
0: of what they wanted to be.
1: I think this is a this is them throwing in the towel when I don't think that was necessary. That's just that's just how I see it.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't ne- know. We yeah, our next, next
0: deal. Yeah,
1: you want to go for it? Sure. Um, This was a weird one whenever it first got announced, but it started making more sense as the day went on. The Islanders acquired J.G. Pajot from the Ottawa Senators for their 2021st, which is top three protected, their 2022nd, and the 2022 third round pick. But that is conditional conditional on the fact that the uh, Islanders win the Stanley Cup this year. So if the Islanders don't win the cup, which is likely just like based off of law of odds, that pick it just isn't anything. So if they don't win the cup, it's just a first and a second. And then right after they acquired him as a rental like just with one year left, but right after he uh, gets traded, he signs a six year five million dollar per deal with the Islanders. So they don't get him as a rental. They get they get him for another six years after this one. Who do you think won this one? Um,
0: I'm thinking Ottawa. Maybe they they've definitely shown that they're definitely full fledged in a rebuilding at this point. Just with all the other trades, but I don't know. I, I think I said last last uh, podcast that I I thought he would be a guy that um, Ottawa would want to keep. And almost rebuild around because I think he's like, what, 27. Yeah. But obviously they don't see that. Um, I don't know. I feel like the first, the second round picks are pretty good. Uh, they're not getting that third. I don't see the Islanders winning the cup,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but yeah, I think, I think getting two pretty high picks and a number one, I feel like that's definitely going to help Ottawa.
1: Yeah. I I say Ottawa as well. I think, New York is getting a really good player though. I think but the contract is a little it's a little much for a guy who's, who's like just having his first good offensive season in his career. Last year he was pretty atrocious, but he's a good two-way center. He has the potential to be there a really good second or third line center depending on how they deploy him. But the uh with how close the metro is uh, and that pick is only top three protect, protected. That could be a lottery pick. And imagine, uh, imagine this scenario where Ottawa gets their lottery pick, which is going to probably be top three. San Jose's, which is gonna, probably going to be top five, and then they potentially could get the Islanders lottery pick. So there's obviously that's kind of far fetched. But if they do miss the playoffs, which there's so many Metro teams in that little bit little span there on the wild card or not in the wild card. Uh Ottawa wins this one for me. They get a first and a second for a guy who I'm assuming they tried to talk extension with him and maybe he wasn't having it or was out of their price range. But they got good value for him. They got a lot of good value. Those picks are adding up and I watch out for them on this off season and and the draft. It's gonna be really good for them.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I just think Ottawa's full commit to rebuilding. I think this is kind of what – this is what they want.
1: Yeah. Do you want to skip this next one because it's kind of a – really my – Yeah, idea. we
0: can skip it. There's not much to it.
1: Yeah, so, it was the, the Nate Thompson deal, but there's nothing to say. <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
0: Um. So next deal, the Penguins acquire Patrick Marlowe from the Sharks in exchange for a 2021 third-round pick. But it's conditional if the Penguins win the cup, then it goes to a second.
1: Yeah, I say Pittsburgh, although when I first saw it, I was in dance class, ironically, because I have a dance class now, and I got a notification on my watch, and it said Pittsburgh gets Marlowe. I kind of rolled my eyes. I was like, oh, boy, they're going with the 2013-2012 route where they just get all these old guys and try to get them a cup. They did it with uh, Brennan Morrow, Douglas Murray, Jerome Ginla. and I was – because he's – Patrick Marlowe is like 41, 42 so i was worried but i've been watching some more Marlowe highlights i watched him when he was in toronto the past couple of seasons but watching him this year this year with san jose he's considering how old he is he's been able to keep up the guy got speed and be if it's kind of like the ron hainsey thing if we're able to uh, if we're able to get him a cup man it'll feel so good and he does have he does bring a lot to the table the guy's been there forever so I don't hate it. It's not my favorite deal value wise. I think especially if we win the cup, we're giving up a second for Marlowe. That's a bit much. But if you win the cup, do you really even care?
0: It's fair enough, yeah. It's like you got exactly what you wanted out of it. I, I don't think it doesn't look like historically the pens they we don't depend on the draft from what it looks like. They they don't depend on the draft for um prospects and Yeah. I, I just think that Historically, they've they've used picks as main bait in a trade anyway. So I, I don't think losing this is that big of a hurt to the Pens, just because they don't they haven't really had much involvement in the draft as of lately.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fair too, definitely. But um, San Jose got good value for a guy that they signed for 700 grand at the beginning of the season. Uh, so. Not terrible for them either, but just because I'm a a hopeless Penguin fan and I'm kind of hoping that things work out with Marlowe here and he can get his cup. I'm going to say Penguins, but Sharks did get good value for him.
0: Yeah, he did. I think think that's what they got. I I think it was a pretty decent trade for both sides.
1: Yeah. Do you want to skip this next one too because it's another one of those kind of stupid little deals? Yeah, we can. Okay. Then the next one will be... Buffalo Sabers, for God knows what reason, acquiring Wayne Simmons from the New Jersey Devils. New Jersey retains fifty percent of his salary is uh, cap hit, sorry, for the rest of this year, and Buffalo sends them a fifth round pick, would become a fourth if he gets uh, ten games played and makes the playoffs. I say, well, you you, ask, you explain yours first.
0: I'm going with the Sabers because. It's right now it's a fifth round pick in the twenty twenty one draft and it becomes a fourth on the con the condition, but I don't know. I, I think the with the Devils retaining half of Simmons uh salary, I, I I don't know what the Sabres are trying to do with this, to be completely honest. Because they kind of went full dump, but I, I feel like it's a pretty good pickup. For what they're giving up. And it's not that much.
1: I I agree. I agree that they got a good player for a fifth rounder. Which you can't really do. Uh, you look around some of these other trades. That involved fifth and fourth rounders. He's a good player for a fifth rounder. That being said. I give the win to the devils. Because, just because. I don't know what in the world Buffalo is doing. They trade Connor Sherry. And Evan Rodriguez. We're going to talk about that trade in a little bit to Pittsburgh for Dominic Cahoon. So they're getting rid of two expiring UFAs for a younger player. That makes sense because they're a bad team. And then they go and get a pending UFA for a pick, a pick they could use to get better. Why are they getting – why are they buying at the deadline and selling? This makes no sense to me whatsoever. And the Devils did not get good value for Wayne Simmons. They probably could have gotten more elsewhere. At least I think they should have. But just because of how stupid Buffalo was on this deadline, I give the win to New Jersey.
0: I I, I just think the retaining 50% still helps the Sabres because he's he's pretty good for what they traded for him. It was, it was a pretty good trade, I think, in the Sabres. And them keeping 50% of the... Um, salary. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to try to do with it, but I guess we'll see.
1: Yes. Yep. Um. Next deal. Do you want to get into it? Yeah.
0: So the Bruins acquired Nick Ritchie from the Ducks in exchange for Danden Heinen. Who do you think wins this deal?
1: I say Anaheim. I think uh, – Dayton Heinen has been a good two-way kind of guy. He's a good up-and-coming, I think he has top-six potential uh, to be a top-six forward. Maybe not in Boston, just be, uh, right now because of like how, how great they are. But especially in Anaheim with those aging uh, forwards that they have. And uh, Nick Richie does fit in well with the Boston system. He's that big, burly, who's gonna like throw his body around with a grit. He's a perfect Boston Bruin, which kind of made me think maybe he is, maybe they do win the deal. But I think he's overrated. I, he was picked tenth overall a few years ago. I don't think he's as good as good as a lot of tenth uh, overall picks are. And I think Heinonen has the potential to be in a top six spot where Nick Ritchie, I say tops out at a third liner because of that. I say ducks win this one.
0: Yeah. I, I think the, the trade went pretty well for both teams because they both got what they wanted, but I think the ducks are definitely getting the better player for the positions that they need to fill. So I'm going ducks on this one too. I mean, I, I think, yeah, both teams got what they need to fill in right now. And, but I think Heinen is definitely the better player. So
1: docs. Okay. Uh, this next one was between Edmonton and Detroit. Edmonton acquires Andreas Anthony and Ryan Kufner from the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for Sam Gagne, a twenty twenty second, a twenty twenty one second. Troy, who do you think won? I'm going the wings. I
0: the wings and the Senators have shown that they're just going full sell this year that's pretty much what what they've done I, I they both need the picks and especially with the uh, draft this year I think there's a pretty good pull that they can get from and I think having the 2020 second is going to be more beneficial than them even remotely trying at this point
1: yeah that that's fair and um, like I say Detroit too but looking at it the other way, Anthony C U is the perfect guy to be an Edmonton Oiler. He is super fast, and he's going to be able to keep up with uh, with McDavid and Drysaitel. I think he will I put him alongside one of those two guys or even Nuge, and that that's a that's a great pickup. However, I don't think he's worth two second round picks. That's a bit much for Anthony C U. He hasn't proven a ton in this league, but if you watch him play, a guy can skate. He's going to be able to keep up with those guys, and definitely going to be able to help them. And uh, he's going to get a lot of points, I think. Two seconds is a bit much and because of that. I say Detroit.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I just think this the uh, Senators and the Red Wings are going full sell this year. In this, this just helps them long run.
1: Yep. A couple more left. We have two Calgary uh, trades that happened pretty much at the same time yesterday. First one was Derek Forbert from the Los Angeles Kings to Calgary for a fourth-round pick. Who wins?
0: Um, I'm going the flames on this one. I just feel like he's a little bit better than a fourth-round pick that they gave up, in all fairness. I, I don't know what what is up with all the fourth- and fifth-round picks that have been traded, but I don't know. I think he'll be a pretty solid defenseman.
1: Yeah, he's, he was on a bad Kings team. He was a pretty good shutdown D-man, I think. And Calgary needed help in the back end. They did it with both uh, trades, with Forbert and Gustafson. Uh, they filled two different roles, I think. Forbert's going to be more the defensive stalwart, while Gustafson's going to be power play kind of guy, like uh, a younger Giordano, just not as good. And... Um, Yeah, fourth for Forbert isn't bad. The Kings are kind of in that same Ottawa-Detroit situation where they they know they're not going to be good. They sold off a lot um, prior to the deadline. They sold off Clifford and Campbell to the uh, Maple Leafs to Foley to the Canucks. So this was just part of that. Fourth rounder, it's not a bad get. It's not great. So I say Calgary doesn't have to give up too much.
0: If it was a third-round pick, I would have gone with the Kings, but I just since the Kings are such a defensive, this defensively heavy team, I don't know. I, I think this is going to be a good acquisition for the Flames, but I feel like a fourth was a little bit low.
1: Yeah, I agree. The next one we just talked about briefly, but Eric Gustafson from Chicago to Calgary for Calgary's third. What are you thinking?
0: I'm going the Flames with this one too. It's another defenseman. He only makes 1.4 though, and he's putting up his 26 points this season, six goals and 20 assists. I think this is the this is probably one of the best trades or the better trade that the Flames have made. I yeah, I I just don't think. I I think this guy should have been for a second or something. But a second-round pick, but yeah, I still think the Flames win here.
1: I I agree. I say Calgary, but uh, I admittedly haven't watched a lot of Chicago games. I I watch Penguin games mainly because I'm on the East Coast, and uh, so. But I saw a lot of Blackhawks fans talk like celebrating that Gustafson was gone. I I'm assuming that he's not as great defensively. And the the last season, he was able to put up, I think, 50, 60 points back there on Chicago as a defenseman, which is pretty, pretty good, if you ask me. And uh, not a bad get. A third rounder is not a bad price to pay for a guy that has that kind of uh, point production potential for Calgary. So I say flames, but Hawks getting a third not too bad either to help someone do, when doing what they're doing want to go to the next one <clears throat> yep so the next one
0: the washington capitals acquired daniel sprung in exchange for christian the jews is yeah. that how you say it i honestly don't know
1: i've never heard it Juice to the Ducks. cd we'll call him cd <laughs> cd got it all right uh yeah i say <clears throat> See I said Ducks whenever we're we're uh, making our picks but I it's pretty even I think uh CD I have watched him play I just I I honestly don't know how to pronounce his name uh he's a pretty good defenseman I think he's still pretty young so he has he has uh, some years left and like I said earlier with the uh with the uh Kashidil, Kashidil, that uh they needed younger younger defensemen cuz they kind of through like destroyed it all with through trade and uh daniel sprong has just not been it anywhere he goes and it's kind of sad because he had a ton of offensive uh production in the qmjhl so I, I thought he would like transfer over to pittsburgh it didn't anaheim it didn't uh i haven't checked his numbers since he's been in the ahl with the san diego uh, gulls but uh if they traded him for this guy, I'm assuming he's not doing great, but he is the he's the kind of guy that has the potential where he could just be a late bloomer, and if that's the case, Washington got a great deal. And because of that, just because there's so much uncertainty in this deal and it's all pretty much up to the future, I'll say even. But for now, it's looking like the ducks. Yeah,
0: uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think this is a fairly even trade. Just because both of them aren't great players, I don't know. Well, maybe later down the line they'll improve, but we'll see.
1: Agreed. So next next,
0: next yeah. trade: San Jose Sharks acquire the 2020 first-round pick and Anthony Greco in exchange for Barkley, uh, Goodrow, and the 2020 third-round
1: pick to Tampa Bay. Who do you think wins this? I say San Jose, excuse me, and um, by a lot. I don't think this was a good deal for Tampa. Barkley Goodrow has proven to be a playoff performer Uh, the past few seasons. I think he had a couple of overtime goals for them. He's a gritty, sandpaper kind of guy, which Tampa lacks uh, since they haven't had Callahan or anyone like that. Uh, I guess they got Bogosian. They signed um, him as a free agent, so that's kind of along the same lines, but Goudreau is the forward version of that, and younger and better. He's also better than Bogosian. But um, a first-round pick for Barclay Goudreau, I had flashbacks of the Penguins trading a first-round pick for Ryan Reeves. It's that kind of deal. Yeah. It it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't really know what they were thinking, unless they really think that they need – like the grit and sandpaper of Barkley Goodrow that I don't know about. I don't know why they need it. They're, they're a skill team. They're not like that, but a first round picks a lot because of that good on San Jose. They win the trade.
0: Yeah. I'm going with the sharks. So I think the first round pick is definitely going to help the sharks out just because they're not, they're not giving up too much for them.
1: Mm-hmm. All right.
0: Yeah. So next trade, Buffalo Sabres acquired Dominic Calhoun from the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for Connor Sherry and Evan Rodriguez. What are your thoughts?
1: I immediately, when I saw this trade, I texted you and Dylan out of excitement. Um, I was uh, very excited that we were getting Sherry back. And I think <clears throat> for now it's the Penguins win the deal. They get a guy that they're familiar with back, a, a forward that has played. Who when playing with Crosby was l- legit. Uh, he was a very good forward, and people, all Penguin, a lot of Penguin fans did not like him, and they always complained that he was too small and he fell a lot. He wasn't the best skater, but the the man put up points. The man produced for this team. Uh, he had, wasn't so great in Buffalo. But you put him in a in a situation here where you where he can uh, play with amazing players and can win. I think he can do it. And Evan Rodriguez, he requested a trade a while back. He wanted out of Buffalo. He's a depth guy. He's probably not going to come back. Uh, they're probably not going to resign him. He's on a one year deal along with Sherry. They both are. They're both expiring UFAs. Um, and. He's a depth guy, so along along the playoff run, if there is an injury, he can play any forward position. either center or wing. Uh, Dominic Cahoon, it sucks to give him up. He's young and he's talented, and I think he has potential to be the best player in this deal eventually. But right now, I think the Penguins got the better end of the deal, better value, and they're probably it helps them with their run right now.
0: Yeah, I'm going right now. The Pens point <clears> the <throat> trade like this season, but I think. Cahoon definitely has a lot of potential, so I'm going Pens now, and the Sabres in the long run if um, Dominic Calhoun turns out to what he's supposed to be. I think in yep. the long run, it's definitely going to benefit the Sabres with what they're trying to with what they're trying to accomplish.
1: If they can ever get anything going. <laughs> True. And this last one um, wasn't a big deal, but I think it really helps the team that won it. Uh, Edmonton acquires Tyler Ennis from Ottawa for a fifth-round pick. I say Ottawa wins it. I say he is kind of like that perfect Edmonton Euler kind of guy who I said earlier. Who did I say was a really good Edmonton Euler earlier? I forgot. They acquired somebody. Oh, like um, – a. Uh, it wasn't Mike Green. Maybe I'm just going crazy. I don't know. But he's a sm- – oh, Anthony C. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, along the same lines of that, but he's obviously not as good as Anthony Seu. Small guy, fast, quick. That's the kind of game that they're playing. That's what they're trying to win with, and they very well could. He's gonna help them out in their bottom six. He can come up and play uh top six if they need him to, if they really need him to. But I think he'll be able to help them with what they're doing. He fit. He's a perfect system guy in in that system and on a bad Ottawa team he didn't play half bad i mean no one is playing really good in ottawa like just like buffalo but i think you take him and put him with connor mcdavid uh, like if need be and i think he could do it so i say edmonton
0: yeah i just think this whole the whole um just i, I just think this entire uh, deadline ottawa has been not been doing nothing more than selling so I'm going to go Ottawa again with that fifth with the uh, fifth-round pick. They know they're not going to win now, so there's no point keeping these guys around. Because if you look, a lot of their picks are for, what, 2021, 20, 2022? So, yeah, I, I just think I, – I don't know. It's a pretty fair trade, but I, I think long-term, it's going to be Ottawa just with how many picks they're going to have in the next few years.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I can see that too. Um, we didn't t- put we didn't talk about doing this, but I just thought of it right now. A real quick uh, wrap up: winners and losers of the deadline. Who do you think? What team do you think won the deadline? Would you say?
0: Team that wins the deadline, probably. Go, I want to say probably Carolina. Okay. Carolina wins, and then I I, I kind of want to say that Ottawa wins because they get to unload um, a few of their fairly decent players in exchange for picks, and I think that's exactly what they need to do with the current state of the Senators. So I think Carolina wins for a team that's going for it now and has potential, but I think Ottawa wins just because it lines up with exactly what this team needs to do to become a pretty good team again.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I, those were probably my two top picks. But I, just to be different, I'm going to say uh, Edmonton and Pittsburgh. Those are two teams that I think uh, really improved their chances going uh, from deadline day to today. I think that they both look like those are teams that now can do a lot of damage going uh, going into April. And Edmonton, their biggest problem for the longest time was always depth at forward. Now they have it. It's it's looking really good, and Pittsburgh's always been good, but they got even better this deadline. Do you have any losers, would you say, of the deadline?
0: Yeah, losers. I think the big loser is going to be the Columbus Blue Jackets. This has been a team played with nothing but injuries this season, and they did absolutely nothing to fix it. So I, I don't know what their thoughts – I don't really know what they're thinking there, but who knows, I guess. But I think they definitely need – Need the help? They have seventy six points. So they're right up there with the Flyers and Islanders, but they surely did nothing to help themselves during this deadline.
1: Yeah, and a kind of a kind of along the same lines is that um I didn't even think about it totally like, you said it, but I'd say w- one of my losers would be Philadelphia. They kind of just went with a lot of depth move, uh, depth moves, and they could have gone for it if they really wanted to, but I don't think they trust that team. A whole lot. Guys like Voracek and Giroux are kind of under underperforming. You have uh, Couturier who's been playing amazing, but there a lot of their star guys haven't been doing that. So maybe they just don't trust this team. They they're willing to go in the playoffs, but they don't really know. They don't want to spend a lot to uh, to uh, for rentals. But my other one was Colorado because I think they were banking on getting Chris Kreider, and they put all their eggs in that basket. And all they were able to end the day with was Vlad Nemesnikov And as good, I said they won that trade, and I believe that. I just don't think that that's enough to push them over the edge. And they didn't improve, really, I w- like a little bit. But they could have done a lot more.
0: I think the other loser is going to be the Arizona Coyotes, because they're right up there with the wild card hunt. And I don't know, they have Taylor Hall and they obviously kept him around so i i don't know i don't know why they didn't make a move or what's going to happen cuz calgary, calgary got um they acquired a few people and right now they're tied in points so i don't know i wouldn't be surprised if the flames went through and pulled ahead but i don't know you would have thought arizona would have been a lot more competitive
1: i agree uh anything else to say i know you got to go pretty soon here
0: um no, I think that's pretty much it. I think that wraps it up. Alrighty,
1: righty. Well, 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 we hope you enjoyed this special edition of the unit report. Uh Trade deadline coverage, that's, that's all she wrote. The rosters are pretty much set. And going into the playoffs, barring any crazy injuries, so I guess from now on we just go and watch some hockey finally.
0: Yeah, pretty much. No more drama. Now it's pure playoffs.
1: No, let's let's go into it. Let's do it. Uh, yep. Thank you for what. Uh, thank you for listening. Once again, our Twitter is at the Unit Report. Mine is at Lucas Wester. Troy's is whatever Troy's is. I don't even know.
0: Yeah, tweet us questions, comments, what you guys thought of this trade deadline. I don't know. I think it was a pretty interesting one for some teams. It was definitely pretty split because I think a lot of a lot of the teams that wanted to sell sold, and a lot of the teams that needed to acquire. Got exactly what they want and then some but yeah I think there were a few that were we could go with questionable go I
1: think yeah I think I saw on Twitter it was like the most trades on trade deadline day in like the past like two decades or something like that it was a lot of fun we don't get yeah, that it was as hockey definitely fans. fun. that was a lot of fun
0: alright that'll wrap it up for us thanks for tuning in and I think we're going to record on Thursday so we'll talk to you guys on Thursday night we'll see uh, you.
1: Yeah, bye bye